Welcome to 52 Episodes to Science Fiction Film Literacy. My name is Chris Garcia. Roll sound. No list of science fiction films can be complete without Star Wars. Because Star Wars changed everything. Moreover, George Lucas changed everything. Because of Star Wars. And if you look at the history of film, by the early 1970s, you started to see the switch away from traditional techniques to new applications of technologies. And computers were, of course, a big part of that. Now, I know a lot of people who believe that Star Wars was the first film created using computers. Of course, that's not true. We've already talked about Westworld, for example. But the Death Star sequence was actually a 2D, uh, a 3D wireframe that rotated. That was a huge deal. A lot of the compositing techniques that were being used weren't necessarily computer-based, but they were certainly not widely applied. A lot of the sound effects, I believe, were computer-generated. And some, of course, were more traditional. But the application of technology... George Lucas, for all his faults as a storyteller, understands how to apply technology to a story. And here, working almost, I would say, as traditional as he would for the rest of his career, he did a great job. And he did a great job in getting his actors in these ridiculous situations. Because ultimately, Star Wars is a ridiculous story. Yes, it's Joseph Campbell, I know. But if you consider the parts... And it's certainly influenced by The Hidden Fortress, by the works of Kurosawa, by Westerns in particular... This is a sort of a classic story. You have a young kid who's itching to get out there and see the world. He's friends with an old guy who's more than he appears. And the old guy takes him under his wing and shows him the world. the best acting in this film is also one of the smallest roles. While Alec Guinness was great, and so was, I would argue, Harrison Ford. But both Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were given these roles that didn't allow them to really show much range. And when they did... It got a little dicey, you know. A lot of people say Luke was all whiny, and he was. And it's hard to play that swing into heroism without feeling like the little whiny snot. The same thing can be said for Leia. And though we did not know it in that time, at that time, Luke and Leia were acting like brother and sister, acting like two people who were raised the same by the same family. Which is a really fascinating thing if you think about it for a second. The best role in this is Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin. 
absolutely without a doubt the best performance because he best understood where he was in a film. Peter Cushing had done all those Hammer films, had been Van Helsing, had been, I think he even played Dracula a few times, had done all these things. And there are very few actors who were more steeped in genre than him. And he's playing a straight man. He's playing a general. And he's killing it. He is absolutely 100% the best performance in that film. And I know a lot of people will say Alec Guinness and they're wrong. But he's so sly and so subtle. And you know who I would say did the second best in that? Chewbacca. And if you stop and again think about it, he had to get over with... And, which of course was generated from someone else, but physically, he had to get over his entire performance physically without able to, being able to say anything. And to embody a character that doesn't speak is incredibly difficult. To embody a character that is... is 90% physical. Where you don't necessarily have much in the way of facial expression. That's even more difficult. I can only think of a couple of times when it really, really worked. Uh, Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta comes to mind is probably the best example. But this film itself changed everything for a number of reasons. One, you had Star Trek that had brought all these new people to science fiction, or at least consciously to science fiction. And Star Wars added this fantasy element to it. And it drew even more people. And there are people who saw this movie a hundred times. My dad and I went to the drive-in and probably saw it 50 times. Dozens of days in a row. My dad was just the perfect age. He would have been 22. So it would have been the perfect age to just absorb himself in it. I was two and three, so I was, you know, I liked the moving things, the sound. And the, the John Williams score is phenomenally good. If I will always criticize John Williams for being sort of stayed, for never being much for deep experimentation... Here he does some incredible application of tone to mood. And the end scene in, in end scene end theme in particular is phenomenal. And actually what my personal favorite is is the uh when you're getting out of the uh credit crawl. And then there's that fading set of violins going. It's, oh, it just kills me every time. Star Wars is a phenomenal film. But what's even more incredible is what grew up around it. I'm not only talking about the fan culture, which was gigantic, but the toys. The idea that you could ingrain a film so thoroughly... In the wider culture, toys, 
tie-in novels, all of this. It wasn't the first it wasn't the first movie to have tie-in novels. That goes back to at least the 1920s. It wasn't the first movie to inspire fandom even. Uh, the Andy Hardy fan club was gigantic. It wasn't the first movie even to have action figures. The early 70s and the late 60s, there were a number of action figures for a number of cartoon series in particular. And you could argue Mickey Mouse. But it was the first to put all of that in a context of a single created universe. And did it so thoroughly that it completely changed how films were marketed and produced. And it's just a great movie. It really is. Watching it today in the original version, which is on the National Film Registry. And the other versions are, yeah, okay, they're worth watching, but they're not, they're not iconic. But watching it, and I've watched it with, with kids. The first time they saw it, Evelyn, when we watched it together, she was six, I think. And she was just transfixed. And you can tell when she got really nervous that she was really worried that they wouldn't make it. That's the sign of effective storytelling. And you know what? I got two one-year-old boys who are probably two to three years away from watching it, and that is going to be one of the best days of my life. The day I get to hit start on the Blu-ray player and show them a movie that I shared with my dad so many times. That's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. <laughs>